center of the universe and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. All right, boom, 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 and boom. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year. And Marshall, apparently I am missing part of my uh, uh, genetic code, part of my DNA, part of the thing that makes most people want to do new things all the time. Oh, really? I'd rather do the same thing over and over <laughs> again. So I don't know what that is that makes people want to experience new, but I don't have that thing, Marshall. We were just talking to you know, just talking to different clients today, and I've discovered that's part of my uh, genetic code, I think, that I'm missing, the part that makes people want to do new things. You coach with a lot of business owners out there. Uh, can you talk to me about that? Is, this a, is, is it a good thing that people want to do new things? Is it a bad thing? I mean, d- talk to me about I that. Got, I got two examples for you. I got two examples for you. Uh, two um, hot takes. Uh, uh, two hot takes. Um, so as a business consultant, I see this, and I see you. I see you serve as a business uh, consultant, a business coach for, for a number of different clients, and it's kind of like Jurassic Park. Mm. You know how they used to splice in the frog DNA to make the, di- the dinosaurs? You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Okay, okay. So so you, they actually took that uh, piece out of you. They took that part of the DNA with this new innovation and new ideas all the time. And so yeah, I, Hence I don't, the I don't nickname think you have Claytron. It. That's the, why the I've been Claytron, called that since high school. The robot, the robot. The robot. And then the, the, the other thing here is that um, we were talking uh, about this past Sunday. Okay, We were yeah. just talking um, before the show about this last Sunday. And I was like, oh my gosh, what, what uh, new and creative you do for, uh, for Father's Day? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what I do before Father's Day? And so you were like, you know, well, um, it was pretty exciting. You know, I yeah. did the same thing that I do uh, actually every day. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So we celebrated by no new ideas. You know, I actually auto ship my food. I finally found a place now that really? auto ships because we had the guy that was dropping it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some things changed. Now we have the auto ship going on. Oh. And it's a move. And auto shipping, you know, I wear the same thing every day. Yeah. With auto shipping food, the circle is now complete. The, <laughs> that, was the, that was the one last uh, integral part of human uh, life. Because I was single, when I was a single guy, I would always eat the same thing every day. Yeah, because it was just me. So I would, I would literally get the same meal every day. Right. And then people would say, "Man, you're in great shape. How do you stay in great shape?" I said, "Well, I eat the same thing every day. You know, I did the math on it one time. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah. caloric intake is less than I. You, you know, got all of the nutrients. Yeah, I added it all up. I made the decision one time. I get the same food every day. It, but having the new ideas and the new innovation, you didn't care about that. That's I don't not, like. Yeah, that's so not it's not stressful. Yeah, but, it's but, a, you're saying that you don't need it, but furthermore, it's stressful to you. And I think for the listeners out there, we've got an incredible guy shadowing today. We got some incredible guys here. But John Tom, it's two first names, but one vision. I want to bring John Tom on the mic. Can we get him set up on the mic while yeah, we're doing a live show? I'll, Is that a thing? I'll get it set up. I'll get it set up. Yeah. Okay. Tee up. What are we talking about today uh, on the show? Well, today what we're talking about is we're talking about the super moves for creating efficient efficient connection points. The super moves for creating efficient connection points. And as a business coach, nothing is more frustrating than me seeing somebody create an awesome system, but then the ball gets dropped. You know, so like one guy's responsible for uh, checking the leads, right? So he'll, and we, we saw that today. Um, I don't remember, if, uh, Marty's also shouting us, but Marty, you saw that today. We have one client we're working with where the leads are coming in, but yet the person whose job it is to close the deals doesn't 
close the deals. And so that, that connection point isn't there. It's like you can get all the leads in the world, but if the closer doesn't close, then there's no point to even doing any of those activities. And so it's those connection points. It's also like um, landscapers, you know? One guy is supposed to go out there and book the job. Well, if the other team doesn't actually show up and mow the lawn, then it's not helpful. So the idea is you must connect it. It's like in sports where you pass someone the ball. If you pass them the ball and they're wide open, but they don't actually shoot the ball, then that's not a good thing. And so, Marshall, the idea is it's those connection points. It's actually asking yourself, what's the result you're looking for? And then what are all the steps that you need to take in order to close the loop, so to speak? So the ball does not get dropped. And, and the interesting thing about these connection points, I, I see this because we create systems, and many systems are going to involve multiple people. Yes. And humans, by nature, are fallible. Fallible. So mm. you actually have have to have systems. Not not our listeners. Not not our other, listeners. Other, not not you or me. They're listening to the other show. Other right people now. listening other to sh- other shows. Other shows. They're the ones who are okay. fallible. So yeah. you got to have these systems to back it up. And part of those systems are going to be these connection points between humans. Okay. Yeah. And uh, if you don't ha- if you're not communicating well, if you're not connecting well, then it's C- going to be really hard. Do I have permission to irritate you for a second? Maybe you the can, listeners out there. You can irritate me. Uh, um, I'm tall enough to take it. So I'm going to rip on our, our and you and me. I'm going to rip on both of us. Okay. I'm going to rip on me, okay. but you and I have the same problem. Okay. And deal. then we're going to, um, co- we're talking about the connection point here. I'm going to give you two examples, okay? So one that you and I do not have a problem with yeah. is doing what we said we're going to do. Okay. So here's an example. Uh, I tell you I'm going to write you a check, and then I write you the check. However, there's many business owners that you and I have met that for whatever reason can't grasp the concept of paying their team. They literally just forget payroll. You'll talk to them and you go, you know, what happened to your sales guy? And like, oh, he quit. What happened to your operations guy? He quit. Did you pay him? And they go, oh, you know, I totally forgot to do that. And I see, and that's like the lowest level right there. If you just can't do what you say you're going to do, that creates creates dissonance. Yeah, but then you ask the same person, hey, so maybe how did you spend that time? They're like, well, I, you know, I, I want to try it. I'm, 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 I, I'm going to go back to what you were saying before. Yeah. Is I'm trying out this new marketing system. I'm oh, doing it's a new one. I'm I'm, I'm doing Hot. the Facebook posts on my <laughs> business page. I'm not advertising, <laughs> not advertising on Facebook, but just posting to my business page. Absolutely. I'm doing Facebook Live. I love that. It's so mm, exciting. It's mm. so new. It's a new technology. It's a game changer. Now, here's the part. So you and I don't have a problem with that part. Right. But there's many people listening, not to this show, but to other shows. Other shows. Who struggle with that. Right. Then you step up the next level. Now, this is the part that I think you and I, you know, I could probably go to a therapy session with you, you and me. Because you and I do get what we're supposed to get done, managing other people, it's it's an actual, like, work that you and I have to do. We both have to, like, work at it, and it has to be, like, a conscious decision where we're like... I need to say a nice thing to this person who mm. forgot to show up on work today, to show up to work on time today. I mm. need, I, I'm, and it's almost like we have to, like, as far as that connection point, we almost have to coach ourselves into being happy and, and, and smile and be lovey and fuzzy with people that don't do their stuff. Mm. Because if, you, if you're a robot and you get your stuff done, but you can't manage other people, that's the deal. That's right. And that's why I've always had like Sharita or John or other people on my team sort of serve as a buffer between me and the rest of the planet <laughs> because someone will go, it's my birthday. Can I take off today? 
And I'm going, I don't give a crap about your birthday. It's Father's Day. Can I have a week off? Right. And it's like, for me, I don't even <laughs> celebrate my own birthday, nor do I take Father's Day off. But that's because I'm missing part of my genetic code. So I want to ask you, for anyone out there listening who's sure. very robotic, very formulaic, very fundamental... So like in basketball, when you played basketball, you're not the most athletically gifted guy. You couldn't jump out of the gym, but you were fundamentally sound. And so when you're watching another player who has no fundamentals and refuses to follow the rules of the game, but they're athletic, mm. does it not make you crazy? It, it does make me crazy. And I'm going to take it a step further. Oh. Is I was not, um, uh, you're right, I, I wasn't particularly athletic, but I was actually spectacularly Unathletic oh. is, is what it was. Oh, okay, yeah. And so, um, but yeah, these guys that are very, very, very talented, okay, mm -hmm. but they're not willing to put in the work, yep. okay, put in the work to actually develop those skills and develop the fundamentals. Uh, you see that all the time. In fact, that actually happened a lot when I was playing professional basketball down in Costa Rica. That happened a ton of. Uh, you get these wildly athletic guys, but it's just no fundamentals. So much to the point where at one point I was the most sound ball handler, believe it or not. Really? In Coach Calvert's, he's he's listening to this right now. He goes, that it was never the case. That Coach, was, <laughs> it must have been a very <laughs> low score level basketball, of basketball. Coach Calvert, I played okay. for Coach Calvert. He goes, never in the history of your career were you ever the most skilled. And I was. Because I had been through the fundamentals and the the routine and the skills development to actually develop my ball handling, and so I was down in Costa Rica. So here are the two major mindsets that the thrivers listening right now need to, to they, you need to put yourself in one of the two categories. One is you're the person who you just want to know the step by step logical what to do. That's what you need to work on today. And then there's another camp that you say I know what to do, but I've got to get other humans to do it. Mm. And so that's a deal where, like, I always play people to different strengths. I look at their different skills. And so in the office, like, as a business coach, you're phenomenal. You get it done. And the clients want what? Consistency. Mm. They want someone who knows their stuff. But when you manage a large group of people, they want to know what? That you know my birthday. That you know my kid's name. Like, if you were to put a gun to my head and say, Clay Clark, name the kid's of the employees. Name, name, give me the names of the kids of your employees or their wives' names. Mm. I wouldn't know. Neither of which I have, so it makes it easy. I think that's why we get along yeah, so well. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's sort of that. But somebody else who's listening here, I guarantee there's somebody out there who goes, I know the names of everyone's birthday. And you can say, well, how do you get to the top of Google? And they go, I, I, I don't know. Or you're like, I know all my uh, employees, their spouses' names and their kids' names, but I don't know which day to actually pay my employees. Ah, see, and there's two different, so you're either there's the connector, you're the doer, you got to do a little bit of both. And so we've got John Tom. He's wanting to intern here at the, at the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. John Tom, how are you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm pumped to be here, yeah. Now, real quick, real quick update here for you, just, just so you know here. I know you're kind of new to the program, and this kind of impromptu, you know? Yeah. Just eat that microphone like it's right. just the most incredible uh, food item you've ever encountered, and you'll just be right there. Eating it right up, yeah. Okay, so how did you originally hear about the Thrive15.com World Headquarters and the uh, misfortunate um, series of events that led to the Clay Clark experience in your life? How, how did you get in touch with us? I actually uh, had worked with someone who did some video production work with you guys. Oh, yeah. did uh, they get fired? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, keep, keep, okay. keep going. I didn't want to know we got <laughs> awkward. Okay, keep going. And uh, they, they, they had just mentioned Thrive 15 to me, and mm. I was in a Target parking lot, and I saw the Thrive 15 uh, monster truck. Oh, yeah. You oh saw the gosh. Hummer. The, the, the uh, Kim Jong-un wrapped Hummer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you saw that, and I then what that. happened next? I was just compelled to go and knock on your window and bother you. And we talked. Yeah, we talked for about 15 minutes. And I gave you a book, did I not? 
Uh, you gave me, no, you did not give me a book, but you did give me a bunch of information, and then I sought out your book, and I, I purchased a copy I of am it. a bad human. I felt, okay, so we, we connected, though. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. what we talked about at all? Were we talking about Kim Jong-un, or what were we talking about? Uh, we talked about goals and what I wanted to do with my life, mm -hmm. and uh, you just kind of asked me what I was doing to achieve my goals. So here, for all the thrivers out there who are like, I wonder what, if I were to meet you, what I should say or not say. Here's the <laughs> thing. I love talking about goals and specifically what you need to do to get there. Yeah. I do not do well with discussions of feelings. So I, I don't understand what that is to feel things very, as a general rule. I just get things done. So that's kind of like when we met, you're goal oriented. So that's kind of like our synergy, I think, is that you yeah. have goals and I'm good at achieving goals. And so it's kind of a good fit. Yeah. But if you're listening right now and you own a business um, and you are struggling to grow that thing, it's probably because of either A, you don't know what to do, or two, Marshall, the connection points aren't there. Things are not getting done. The ball's getting dropped. So super move number one that we're going to dive into when we come back after the break After the break is this. First off, the right information must be gathered. Marshall, what are we talking about? What kind of information needs to be gathered? We're going to talk about all the information needed to make a decision. And once you've achieved that, you got to go ahead and move forward and make a decision and have that connection point. So uh, we're going to be talking about gathering all of that information and the appropriate information to be gathering. So here's an example. Like if you're doing sales calls, right, and you're somebody who's uh, you're trying to delegate the sales calls, the person needs to know, what do you want me to say on the phone? You know, are you recording my calls? Is there a call script? What's the expectation? You have to, because otherwise the person on the phone doesn't know what your expectations are. So you have to clarify very detailed, hey, I just hired you to do sales. And so this is specifically what you need to do. We come back and it's the Thrive Time Show on your radio, filling in for Dr. Robert Zellner as he's out expanding his vast and always growing entrepreneurial empire. My name is Clay Clark and you're listening to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. And during the break, I encourage you, go to Oklahoma Joe's and get some of those baked beans, baby. Oh, boom, 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 boom. Marshall, can I get a boom? Ga-boom. Hey, we, John Tom, our incredible intern shadowing today, can I get a boom? Boom. Unbelievable. Now, what does boom stand for? It stands for big, overwhelming, optimistic momentum, getting stuff done. And so today we are talking about how to get stuff done, specifically dealing with these connection points. So here is the example that I'm going to stay on for the rest of the show to help you. So step number one, super move number one, you must be clear about what is expected, okay? You must be clear about what needs to be done. So this is super move number one. So let's just say that you right now are listening and you have one person who works for you and their job is to answer the phones. Marshall, could you jot these things down real quick? I'm going to throw I'm you a super. Okay, here we go. So here, here are the things. Here are the, here are the steps needed if you're going to hire somebody. Here, here, This is a super pen, my super Sharpie, Marshall. You got that? Okay. So here are the steps needed if you're going to hire somebody to work on the phone. I'm just going to give you the moves. We're going to break it down. Step number one, you need to have a script. You want to give the employee or a team member a script. Step two, you need to have an example recorded call of what perfection sounds like. You want to have one example of what a good call sounds like. Many more, but like we just hired Abby, and we have probably 25 calls that she was able to hear. And it just makes it, it bridges the gap between the theory and the execution. Third, third, you would want to role play with your teammate. So that means you as the trainer would want to role play with the person you just hired. Okay, you want to role play. 
And four, you want to have a call quota. A call quota. You want to have a quota for how many calls need to be done per day, maybe how many sales need to be done per day, a quota of some kind. And move number five, you would want to let the person know who's making calls for you that the calls are being recorded for accountability and for quality assurance. That's when you call American Express, they say, for a quality assurance, your call may be recorded. That's why they do that. That's the things you need. Those are the things. So if you're listening right now and you're struggling to hire somebody to uh, make calls for you, that's what needs to happen. That's the five things, right? So let's break down, Marshall, why some of those things don't get done. And you've coached clients all over the world. So we're going to specifically focus on clients that you've coached on the East Coast of America that have had a hard time with this concept. Because it, 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 knowing what to do, is one thing. So let's talk about what needs to be done. Let's get into the details of what needs to be done. So if I'm going to go ahead, go ahead and break down step number one. Okay, so step number one, you got to create a script. How do you do that? Now, this is going to be hard, okay, because it's going to actually require you to make a script. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute. When you said you got to make a script, are you saying like I got to write the words down with a pen? <laughs> yes. You're going to actually have to go through and write maybe one, maybe two, maybe even three pages of a call script. Too much, too much, too much knowledge, too much at one time. Too much. John Tom, the intern, yeah. because you obviously are here to learn. Uh, you want to take your career to the next level. You're an aspiring author. Yes. What questions would you have for Marshall about the details of making a script? Because right now he made it sound so easy. Like, oh, yeah, you just write a script. You know? But what, what were the questions that you would have? If you were, if this was on your list to make the call script, what questions would you have? Uh, for the call script, uh, I guess the first thing I'd want would be like an A and B uh, format. Okay. 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 A and B? What do you a mean? A and B. Like, uh, the, the caller and the customer. Mm. And the customer. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Keep going. Uh, the questions I would have would be, um, you know, how did you get our information? Okay. Um, a question would be, uh, who? I'm sorry, sorry. Who, who, who are you? Who am I calling? Is that who what you're saying? Who am I calling? Yeah. Okay. So real quick on the call script, to be clear. You'd also have to be. Again, I've written call scripts forever. I think it'd be helpful for all the thrivers listening right now if you saw what a good script would look like. Yeah. If you saw what the end should be. You know, if there's an example of a best practice, and we have that. If yep. anyone emails us info at thrive15.com, we will email you an example script. I think it'd be helpful to have those things. But where do a lot of clients or people you've worked with, because you've helped so many entrepreneurs break through this level of dysfunction, but where do you see them getting stuck right there? So, uh, Assuming my, that they want to. In my, personal, uh, in my personal opinion, okay, in my opinion after having worked with, you know, a, a number of different clients as a business coach mm. is that they they sincerely do want to create a script. It's, right. It, it's, that, the, it's not that they don't want to, and I think even more frequently, uh, they'll even schedule some time to do it, mm. okay? But where it falls apart is they don't know what to do with that time that they have broken down. And I want to give it to them right here for the script. Break okay? it down. I'm going to break it down. I got you, my AAA card. You, you break can, it down. You can actually go on to Thrive15.com. You can download a template. But here is the broad, the broad template of how the script should flow. Got Number it. one is rapport. Okay. Okay. You got to have rapport in the script. So immediately, um, and this is the best way to build rapport with somebody that is a complete stranger. Okay. Yep. You ask them how they are doing. Yep. Okay. And it's kind of like an involuntary answer. They're like, I'm good. How are you? Right. And so many times I'll ask them how they're doing because, like we said in the previous uh, segment here, I, I really don't. I, 
you know, uh, empathy is not one of my things. Okay. It's one of my downfalls. Okay. okay. So you're not like really, oh my gosh, how are you doing? And yeah. you're really waiting for that answer. Yeah. But okay. mostly I ask the question to tee up them asking me how I'm doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, so I, mean, I want to make sure you're getting this, Thrivers. There is a system for this. So let's assume, let's assume that we did download the template. Okay. Okay. By emailing info at thrive15.com. That's right. And you can get the download template for rapport, needs, benefits, close, isolate objections, and the deal wheel. That's a lot of information, buddy. I know. Just email us info at thrive15.com. We'll send it to you. So let's assume that I actually have the script written now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I passed that step. What's the next step? Okay. The next step is a recorded best practice call. Now, where do thrivers get hung up? People get hung up on this part. Where do they get stuck? Where do they? They know I need. To, I know I need to record my calls. But what's the part where you're just like, I don't understand why this can't be done. They're like, I don't know how to record a call. So there's two programs we recommend. Okay. One is tape a call. Yep. If you're rocking a cell phone. You rock a cell phone and you download it it's and an it's app. really easy to use. And if you get stuck, come here to our in-person workshop. Our next one, you can buy your tickets at thrivetimeshow.com. We'll actually show you how to do it. We'll teach you how to do it. Or the second move is you can use a program called Celerity mm. or 8x8. Mm. And that'll allow you to record your calls if you have a voice over IP. And for $181 a month, I can record four lines. $181? You may have to invest in my future? Absolutely. Go without the burritos. Go without the direct TV. Uh, sell a kidney. Sell a car. Live with your mom. Whatever you have to do, you've got to record your calls. Because if you can't record your calls, you can't scale the business. And not only are you recording the calls, but you're recording a best practice, which means you're going to actually have to have somebody that does a best practice call record it, and then listen to it and label it. So when I worked uh, at Applebee's, Target, and DirecTV all at the same time, uh, and my wife worked at Office Depot, and basically we lived without the air conditioning. John Tom, that's why I have a shoe that's missing the nine there, and that's why that shoe is so beat up. That's my backpack. That was my marketing materials right there. But the point is, I took all of my discretionary income, and I bought that yellow page ad right there for about, about $2,400 a month, and I bought this thing called a call recorder. And I recorded my calls, and I was able to record the calls, and then I was able to listen to my calls and go, oh my gosh, my calls are terrible. I would never book from me. I would never have bought from me. And then I made it better and better. I kept changing the script, and eventually, once it got so good, Marshall, you know what I did? Once the script got so good, and the recorded calls got to be so good, do you know what I decided to do? Educate me. I decided to hire somebody else. Oh. And then they had to be held accountable to using the script. And when I trained them, you know what I did to train this, these guys? Educate me. I actually played the recorded calls so they could hear what I was actually saying. Now, Marshall, what, what are the other components to teaching somebody how to do sales calls? Uh, we're going to, the number three is role play. You role, play. role play. Now, we come back, we're going to talk about role playing because all these things have to happen if you're going to teach somebody to do sales for you and your team. My name is Clay Clark. I did not invent the flux capacitor, but I'm a big fan of it. You're listening to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. In the meantime and in between time, I encourage you to go to Oklahoma Joe's to get those baked beans. They're life changers, they're game changers, and they pay us. Hey. Hey. Marshall, hey. How's it going? Hey. Hey. Hey, do you know that do you know that uh, uh, Robin Thicke, you know his his father, you know Robin Thicke's the guy who wrote that song there. 
Two things. Robin Thicke's father was Alan Thicke, you know, from the the uh, Growing Pains. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing Pains, and and he passed away recently, I believe. And yeah. so that's that's not a good thing. It's not a kind of take the show down to a downer. And then to take it even lower, like submarine style. That song that he wrote right there, the song that Robin Thicke wrote, he actually didn't write it. He just stole the song, got to give it up from Marvin Gaye's, you know, estate, and he went with it. And the entire time you're like, oh man, and, you know, young young kids today, you know, the, the, the people today. I mean, people just don't know the old stuff, you know. So they're like, man, this song is hot. This beat is tight. This is awesome. And it kind of sounds similar to something I've heard before. I don't know where I might have heard it. So anyway, he continues with that game plan that he did not take the song. But anyway, in a court of law... He'll probably never get in trouble for that. He definitely had to pay some money to Marvin Gaye's family. Oh, okay. Which takes us up. So down, his dad died. Mm. Down, he stole the song. But up, three Mm. steps up... Marvin Gaye got paid, which his is family. probably, which is probably what should have been happening in the first place. And taking it down a level, Marvin Gaye's own father shot him. Oh, that's how he died. So we're taking it down. Hmm. Yeah. So we kind of end on that level playing field. Now we can go up with all the business training that we're giving the listeners. Today Do you know why I just show? gave people two downs and then a big up and then a down? Mm, I don't know why. <laughs> Do you know why I did that? I it, it, I know that you had a reason. I know it's that because this is this is the reason. That's what owning a business is like. Ooh. So elephant in the room. Let's talk about it real quick. This is our record month for the most sales, the most membership, the most just. It's just the most. This is a great time for us. This is a huge, huge time. We've got thousands of members. And do you know that typically, you know, most people, I'm sure listening right to the show, you're, you're, you're probably perfect. But for me, you know, in my businesses, we typically aren't Six Sigma, which means that we're not making jet engines. And mm. Six Sigma is a quality standard where you make like one air per like 10,000 parts. Mm. And haircuts, we're usually one air per like about 100. You know what I mean? Like per 100 haircuts, we might make one air. Got it. And so our complaint levels at the all-time high, too. So the revenues, right, because it's, we're growing. Mm. A.K.A. Mo Money, Mo Problems. Mo Money. Which reminds me of Christopher Wallace, who was the notorious B.I.G., which takes us up again, because he took a negative and turned it into a positive. Boom. So all I'm saying, Thrive Nation, is that as you grow your business, if you're wanting to say, "I, I will be happy as soon as I get to a place where there are no problems, then you, my friend, will never be happy. Now, if you're going to get to a place with no problems, mm. okay. Heaven. Heaven, okay. Death. Death, mm. okay. So it's a down here. This is an up and a down. Okay. Okay. Now, money solves a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard you and Dr. Zellner talk about that yeah. uh, frequently. Yeah. And in order to make more money, more money, you're going to have to call more leads, more problems, more problems. And so we're talking today specifically about bridging the connection gaps. Once you know what to do, but how do you get it done? How do you actually execute creating efficient connection points? And we're specifically focusing on cold calling or calling inbound call, outbound call, customer service calling as the example. That's right. So what are the steps if you're going to hire a call rep? What do you have to do? Okay. So the first one that we talked about was you got to create a script. Got it. Then you have to have a recorded best practice call. Got that too. And now we're about to get into role playing. Why do we have to role play, my man? Because everybody needs practice. I'll be the pirate. Okay, you'll Arr. be the pi- you'll be the pirate. You can be the sailor. Okay, and I'll be the sailor. That's got that got weird. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> but the so role playing <laughs> is where you want to actually role play the call as if it's a real scenario. That's right. And because it is forever embedded into my cranium, I'm going to role play with you. You're a groom. Okay. Calling in to book 
um, your photography for your wedding. Okay. And I am a representative who works at Epic Photography. Uh, according to the script that I made, that I, I'm no longer in charge of, so it's probably changed since then, but this is the script that we had, the first five questions, just so we can role play that out. Here we yeah, go. Now, I'm an engaged groom because everybody knows if you're planning a wedding, mm. you're, who's making the decisions? Yeah, it's the engaged groom, but not, it's always the bride. The, it's the, always the bride. Guys never call, but, like, but just to make it not weird. Okay. Okay, so let's, let's role play it. Here we go. Okay. So, thank you for calling Epic Photography. This is the amazing Clay. How can I make your day awesome? Hi, yeah, I'm uh, I'm getting married, and I was just calling for a quote um, for what you guys charge. Well, you sound like a great American. What, what What's your first name? <laughs> My name's Marshall. Marshall, okay, yeah, Marshall. Now, where, where are you from? Uh, I'm actually from uh, here in Tulsa. Um, you know, I, I live in Midtown. So what, what date are you planning on getting married? Do you have a date picked out there? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I think, oh, yeah, it's October 11th. And what venue did you decide on? Uh, we're actually getting married at Dresser Mansion. Oh, my gosh, Dresser Mansion over there off, off of Carson Street? That's right. 18. I have, Charlie owns that place. I have heard such great things about it. How did you guys get that place? It's always <laughs> booked out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome working, uh, you know, booking that. It's beautiful. Time out. I just did it. I just followed the script. And what happened was I always, it says on the script, compliment the venue with conviction. Boom. And I do it. And people always feel better about themselves when you compliment something they, should, they decided upon. Right? And in the script, it gives you moves. But the idea was that that system could be done. We'd book hundreds and hundreds of weddings because of the repeatability of that system. But if we had not role played, if you just hired me today and we never role played, what would be the problem? Uh the person's not going to know how they're supposed to sound. Oh. They actually they actually know the words that they need to say, but not how they need to say it. Oh, oh. And if drivers, I know we're a radio show and it's kind of hard to picture it, but we just had Will the Thrill walk by down the stairs of Truth and Justice. And I'm telling you, there's nothing been more beautiful, more illustrious than Will walking down the steps of Truth right there. There he is. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's. Would you say, what's more beautiful, Will's shirt or Will's hair? It's both. It's the it's combination. Both. He's it's got a both. whole concoction. He's got a whole. He is like the. You ever been to a Cadoba or, yeah. or, or Chipotle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with and you. you typically they say, do you want to add corn? Do you want to add certain beans? Would you? And then yeah. one, time, one time they say, do you want to add guac? Oh, guac. And you say, and you've never done it before, and you're yeah. like, uh, and they go, it'll be an extra 80 cents, and you go, just do it. And that, that perfect flavor that it produces, that perfect burrito. It's the perfect addition. That's what Will is like. Ooh. Just the perfect concoction. Just it, a great American. And really, if you if Thrive Nation, if you if it's worth booking a ticket, just go. To, if you go to our next workshop, if, uh, Marshall, they go to thrivetimeshow.com. Yeah. There they can buy their tickets to the next workshop. That's right. And can we guarantee that Will the Thrill will be there? Could they meet him there, possibly? Or they, they, they could meet him. And, uh, Did and they get stuck with you and me? No, 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 no. We'd huh. actually have uh, other team members here, and Will uh -huh. would be wearing the shirt. Nice, nice. Okay, now, so now, what's the next step if we're training someone to make cold calls? Okay, the next step is you have to hold people accountable to the call quota. Call quota. Now, why is that such a mean idea? And this is the part, again, Marshall and I talked about on the first segment. You and I are non-emotional, and you've worked with me for nine years. So what's crazy is I, every time I ask you to do something, you do it. And then the guy next to you won't do it every time. And then you've got to somehow conjure up a motivation to motivate, to find the motive, to get them to do it. Talk to me about why a call quota is so offensive for so many people. Okay, here's why. And this is probably offensive. But uh, people are going to fall to the level of what you expected. Oh, uh, repeat that again one more okay. time. People are going to fall. Their performance is going to fall to the level that you expect of them. So here's the move you do, Thrivers. If you absolutely need your call rep to make 100 calls to survive, 100 calls a day to survive. By the way, it's very doable in four hours. Yeah. You would set the quota at 120. Mm. 
You know why? You know, you know why you do this? I call this family time. Family time? You got an uncle? Everybody has an uncle? I'm sure you don't have an uncle. Uh, Tom, John, think about a family member. Maybe your family doesn't do this. Marshall, yours probably doesn't either. It's probably just my extended family. Okay. But you've got an aunt, and when she says she'll be there at 4, that's code for 4.30. So over time, you begin to tell her a new time, and you begin to kind of hedge your bet, and you tell her a time that's always 30 minutes before you actually need her there. So she doesn't miss weddings, that kind of thing. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. We come back. We're talking more about sales systems. Mixtape in my dorm room. I can't believe this. It doesn't seem true. I won't stop though till everybody knows that. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Don't you give up? Oh, Thrive Nation, welcome back. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the father of five human kids, and I'm also the, the parent of many chickens, two bunnies, uh, four cats, and I typically plant one pine tree every weekend. I do not enjoy long walks on the beach or really traveling outside of Oklahoma. That's enough about me. Marshall, any personal information you want to share with the Thrivers out there? It's like, it's like <laughs> it to know you. <laughs> Have you crossed the threshold into Farmer Clay yet? Well, we just got a guy who just... Um, potentially agreed to let me buy 13 acres across the street from me. Mm. And my goal is to eventually have the Camp Clark and Chicken Palace where it's uh, about a 20-acre uh, piece of land there. And with yeah. this acquisition, it would happen. And then so, therefore, I would be officially off the grid, my friend. Just drop the off, mic. Off the grid. That's pretty impressive. I might live up in a tree up there. Now, why? Why? how long has being off the grid been one of your goals? Uh, when I discovered that I would believe that I don't have... Um, uh, the social, um, I don't, I don't have the the social aspirations of most people. I think. Okay. So I think when I meet people, they always go, "Oh my gosh, there's a wedding. Marshall's getting married on June fifth. We should go." I'm always like, Marshall knows me well enough to know that I don't want to go to his wedding, mm. but I'll send him some money. Because I'd rather like see you during the day than to like just like, hey Marshall, good job getting that done. Um, congratulations. So birthdays, weddings, holidays, interaction with people that's not in a goal focused way right. is not what I do. Right. And so in high school, I remember I used to spend just crazy amounts of time by myself working on murals and projects, and I was totally happy. The only time I wasn't happy is when I went to the party, you know, and there was some drama that broke out, and I realized I'd just rather stay in my house, you know, doing the. It's a good. It's a good thing for business to be sort of you know kind of a recluse. But then, you know, other people want to kind of network and communicate and form a community. You know, that, that, that new thing they're building on the Riverside, the new, what's it called, the, the, uh, the community? Oh, the, uh, the, the gathering place. The gathering place. Yeah. That's a place I'll never go to. Okay. <laughs> like, right. I'll, never, I'll never go there one time. There's not a single thing I will ever go there for. I don't think I've ever seen you gather it before. No, I, I don't want to gather. Like, parks, I've never been. I mean, I've been to parks because my kids want to go to parks. But I, as a kid, I didn't want to go to parks either, you know. Mm. Basketball team. Typically, I would you know get to know my teammates by not talking to them, mm. and I just enjoyed that time alone. And it might have been because I stuttered for a long, long time up until middle school, and I got kind of mocked as a young kid. Or it could be just because I'm missing part of my genetic code. But the point is, I like to just get things done, and I like to kind of be off the grid, you know? Sure. So, uh, you know, Mike Posner's new album, At Night Alone. Yeah. I love listening to that album, At Night Alone. 
Mm. And it's called At Night Alone. It's a great little segue there. You see how that didn't? I, I see, I, I see uh, the play on words there. Okay, so we're talking today specifically about how to bridge the gap in, in these connection points. You have this great strategy as a business owner, but how do you execute it? And we're talking specifically, we're doing this under the context of calling. If you hire somebody to work for you to make calls, we're breaking down the steps needed. So, Marshall, what are the steps again there, my friend? Okay, we're recapping. Number one was you got to create a call script. Okay, got it. Number two, you have to use a recorded best practice call. Got it. Number three, you have got to role play with whoever's making the calls. Got it. Okay. And then number four is a call quota. Got to have a now, call quota. Hold people accountable to a set number of production. Yeah, and I, I want to break this down just one step further oh, for all the listeners. Just do it. What are the numbers that I need to track as part of call quotas? I'll give you the big three. Okay, How many three. outbound calls or inbound calls they dealt with? Okay. How many sales they got? Okay. And how many appointments they set? Okay. That's really what you'd want to track right now. And you, you played basketball. Yeah. And uh, were you a good free throw shooter? I was. I got to where I could shoot like low 70s. Did you shoot higher than 70%? I, I shot about 85. Okay, so you're better than me. So the thing is, if, if, if it was the end of the game, and it's nothing offensive, but it's the end of the game, and uh, if, if Marty, who's uh, shadowing with us today, if Marty was the coach, he's like Greg Popovich, okay? He's a <laughs> business development slash coach guru. And the game's on the line, you know, and he's going, okay, we've got we got to hit these two free throws. We've got to bring in some guys that if the other team fouls us, we want to hit the free throws. He would pull me out and put you in. It's nothing personal. It's like he's mad at me. He's just like, you shoot at your peak of your free throws, 68 71%. The best you've ever done in a year was low 70s, 71 and this guy, Marshall's 85. On a good week, he might be 90%. We're going to pull you out. And it's not like offensive in sports for some reason. It's like, oh, okay, it makes sense. You know, you get a guy who weighs like a buck 80, mm. and he's you know used to being a running back right. in, in high school or college. Yeah. You go to the NFL, you become a defensive back, or you get the heck out of the league. Mm-hmm. Or you die as a consequence. I mean, you just can't carry the ball. You know, And it's nothing offensive. It's just it's not the right person for the right seat. And the call quota thing is unnerving because in small businesses, most people have what? Family or friends working there. Right. And eight out of ten businesses that are started today have what? Ten employees or less. So that means you have to convince your brother to not do what he wants to do or your sister. or you, it, It's a lot of emotional stuff. Marshall, what's the next step? The next step is call accountability. you got to record your employees' calls. So let's just say that you did all those things and you actually did those steps. Then super move number two is you have to be clear about who owns each step. Like whose responsibility is it that these things get done? And that's where we're going to take a quick time out and we're going to turn over here to John Tom, the super intern, who's coming with a smoking hot list of questions. It's kind of like the Ask Marshall and Clay Anything segment. And so, uh, John, Tom, welcome back to the show, and I'm excited to, to hear your mind, my friend. So what questions do you have? Well, I'm sort of wondering, how do you craft a script that uh, ensures the conversation stays on the right path? Okay, there's a phrase I want you to remember or jot down, Thrive, Thrive Nation here. Um, it's bored down or bored dumb. So it's bored down or bored dumb. So the call script that we have for Thrive, when you call in to book a ticket for our next in-person workshop, by the way, go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for the July event because we have a few tickets left. John, Tom, you've been to one of the workshops. How would you describe the Thrive Time in-person two-day, 15-hour workshops? Uh, The way it's described is it's sprints, and that's how I agree with seeing it. Uh, It's these uh, workshops that are focused on a specific topic that are about 45 minutes long. Mm. Uh, Then you get about 10 minutes to sort of absorb the information, ask questions with any of the coaches or you. 
and then uh, get down and, and run up to the next one. Now, we're on version 80-ish on that. I think it's like 83, version 83 of that script. Okay. So this morning, I listened to the calls from Victoria over the weekend, and Abby, and one thing that's happening is we're getting more and more Thrivers who are putting their reviews up online, and so I added to the script, Marshall, this line. You want to hear my new line? I want to hear the line. This is the final line. The final line. Right before you end the call. Boom. Go, hey, here's a quick favor if you could do here. I'm sorry, I don't have the script in front of me, so I'm kind of ad-libbing, but this is what it says, basically. It goes, hey, one more thing. If you get a chance just to type in Clay Clark Reviews or Thrive Time Show Reviews, I encourage you to watch our review videos from our workshop so that you can decide if it's the right fit for you before we talk on Tuesday or whenever, this, you know, whenever we're talking again. And we added that line because so many people who've attended the workshop have said, I watched the reviews, and that's how I knew it would be a good fit for me. And, th- and so it's a deal where like, if you're looking for the most practical, specific business workshop on the planet, you'll really like it. Now, if you're looking for like a super motivational, that's all we talk about is how you feel. If you're looking for Tony Robbins, you got to get the heck off our website. I mean, if you're looking for Tony Robbins, you're going to hate our website. Because Tony Robbins is like two-thirds how you feel. And I'm like two-thirds about the specifics that you need to do. And so it, Tony Robbins has a place in the marketplace. There's a lot of people who love Tony Robbins, and he does a great job, obviously. But I'm not that guy. And so people, when they read the reviews, they're, they're saying, you know what? This is absolutely what we've been looking for. It's specific. And we had one lady who goes, so it's not a motivational conference. You go, exactly. Well, then I'm not interested. But it makes it easier if they watch those reviews. So that's kind of the, how you would do it. So you, to answer your question, you would listen to the calls every morning and fix the script every morning until you master it. But you bore down as opposed to getting bored and moving on to something new. You want to be fruitful and then multiply. You want to nail it before you scale it. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay, yeah. what's, what's your next question coming in hot? Uh, it was actually on, I guess, as nailing it. How do you set the standard for what should be the ideal call? Okay, well, on a call script, you want to have one uh, attempt at humor every six lines. So you want to have one attempt at humor every six lines. Okay. Because if you don't, then it's not tolerable. So for guys like Marshall and I, who are pretty direct and pretty pragmatic and pretty much, you know, grinders, um, you have to have some elements of humanity in there. It's like, have you ever watched Schindler's List? I have. I actually watched it last week. Have you watched Saving Private Ryan? Oh, God, it's one of those classics I haven't seen. Well, these are these Spielberg movies, and Spielberg is the master, but he always weaves in something that at least makes you chuckle as a way to get through the pain. Okay. It's comic relief, and you're a writer, so you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you don't introduce um, the character to the audience, then nobody cares about the plot, and no no one's cheering for them to overcome the adversity. So you have to make the character likable. Mm-hmm. which is, um, I use self-deprecation for that because I have so many idiosyncrasies that I'm like endless fodder for people who are going, well, at least I'm not that crazy. And so it, it's kind of a, but you have to weave in humor into the script. And we have best practices where you can actually um, download the, these, the, the scripts, the best practice scripts. Marshall, we have those on Thrive15.com. That's right. Or you can just email us at info at Thrive15.com. John, Tom, do you, have, do you have another tough question here for us, man? Do you have another tough question? <sighs> He's marinating. Now, Thrive, as we come back, we're going to answer any of John Tom's questions, and we're going to move on to the next step of how to create an efficient efficient connection point, an efficient connection point. Because in the elephant in the room, our men's grooming lounge, one person has to you know, get us to the top of Google. Person number two has to answer the phone. Person number three has to cut the hair. And we all have to work as a team. It's like a big relay race. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio.
mixtape in my dorm room. I can't believe this. It doesn't seem true. I won't stop though till everybody knows that. Started from the bottom, now we here. 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 All right, Thrive Nation. Now, if you started at the bottom and you found yourself still at the bottom, don't be super discouraged because Forbes unfortunately shows us that without coaching, without proper guidance, 80% of small businesses fail. And you go, what? Well, here's an example. Marshall, you played basketball at the professional level. Um, You also played at the college level. You played in high school. And if you could look back at your career and you could think about your progression of when you made the most improvement, if you didn't have a basketball coach to teach you the crossover, the fundamentals, the pump fakes, and you didn't have someone to coach you who knew how to do it, do you think you could have played at the college level or would have ever started in high school or played at the, at the professional level without coaching? Absolutely not. Mm. What, because there's a couple things. One, because these coaches, they are unbiased. Okay, So it's not like your family. You go home and your family's... You got two, you got two camps at home. Okay, They watch your games, and it's either one or the other. You get the apologetics. Either, you get, oh, you did so You're good. You're so good, good. Marshall. You, you tried really hard. Coach won't let you, you play. Yeah. The coach should let you play more. I tell you what, Marshall. You're a good kid. That's one camp. Right. And then the other camp is, you know what? You didn't do very well at all. And uh, honestly, uh, you probably need to practice more. Yeah, and, and so like, you get those two different camps. It was like, but a coach harsh. doesn't have to go home with you. No. And that's why the, the number one CEO, who, I mean, you say, who, number one CEO, who's that? Okay. Well, some of you want to argue that's okay. But Eric Schmidt, who was the former CEO of Google, and he went on to become the CEO of Alphabet, their new parent company, he said the number one business advice he would give anybody is to have a business coach. Mm. And it was, it was his, his, his statement is documented in Fortune magazine, if you don't believe me. And I encourage you not to believe me. If I were you, I would not believe me. Because why? Because you shouldn't believe anybody, because there's too many charlatans out there. So check it out. And then Bill Gates, he's talking to a group of teachers, you know, in 2013, May of 2013. Why do you know that date? Because this is what I do. He's talking to a group of teachers, and he says, here's the deal. You know, you got to have feedback, right? Because without coaching, you can't improve. Without coaching, you can't improve. And then you make a list of how many championships that Michael Jordan won without Phil Jackson. So you're making the list and you're going, well, zero? Right. Mm. Oh, it's interesting. And then he didn't win any before Phil Jackson or after. Or what about Kobe Bryant? You know, there's times that he was that Phil Jackson wasn't the coach. And yet he didn't win. Why? Because you need proper coaching. So I don't care whether you use the Thrive 15 program or you hire a music teacher for your kids. Everybody needs a coach in the areas you want to improve upon. Everybody needs one. And so, Marshall, the thing we're focused on improving upon today is bridging those connection points, those connection gaps. It's like a relay race. The game of business is like a relay race. So step number one for Elephant in the Room, we've got to get leads to come in, which means we have a whole team and there's all these steps to get to the top of Google to market our ads. The second step, though, is somebody somebody actually has to answer the phone and convert the inbound call into an appointment, right? And the third step is somebody has to what? greet you at the shop. Step number four, somebody has to cut your hair. Step number five, somebody has to check you out. There's all these steps that have to happen. And getting everybody to own each step of the process, that's what we're talking about now. Marshall, why is it so hard? You're in a meeting with a group of people, and they'll say, well, uh, Marshall, Barry and I, we're going to handle that. Barry and I, Barry and I are going to handle, you know, so you said, Clay, I need somebody to to own the search engine optimization. I need somebody to get the site 
updated? Who's going to own it? And we go, well, Barry and I. And you go, no, 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 I didn't say which group. I'm asking who specifically is going to be accountable and responsible for this particular result. Well, Sharon and Barry and I, we're all going to work together. And you go, no, 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 I'm asking for a specific person. Marshall, why is that concept unnerving to have one person who's held accountable for the result? It's, it's hard for people to wrap their mind around this because uh, they don't want – most employees, they want something to hide behind. Oh, yeah. Not all of them. Not, not all of them. Not, not employees listening to this show. No, no, no employees of companies that are listening to this show. It's the other show, the political the, show. The other show. Yeah. And so uh, with that – they don't want to be held accountable, and therefore they don't want the transparency and the documentation of whether or not they've done their job. So specifically on today's to-do list, so I'm going to pass. I'm going to just show this to to Marty real quick. Marty, here's the here's the list. I'm, Marty is a shadowing today, and I just want to show it to to Marty and then John. Tom will show it to you. But you see how it says someone's name in front of every item. Like, it has their name. The reason why it has their name on the to-do list, the master to-do list that we use to manage our office, is because somebody's ultimately held accountable for the result, and that's going to be the person on the list. It's not just a random group of people working together. Marshall, why is it just... What, what, what do, if I'm listening right now, and I keep having everyone form a committee, and nothing's getting done, how do I fix it? You got the bystander effect going on, okay? The where, bystander. Where everybody thinks that somebody is going to do it, and then nobody actually does it. You know, this is how I actually forget, forgot my child one time at the bank. Did I ever tell you about the story about this? No. Really? Okay. <laughs> so I'm getting in my car, getting in the Hummer, getting in the Hummer. We about to, to drive off. And my daughter at the time is like 10, you know? Yeah. And uh, we went in there and deposited some money. And my wife hops in the car. I hop in the car. We have five kids, you know? So we get in the car. But the move is we always say, are you here? Are you here? Tell me if you're here. You know, Aubrey, because there's five of them, you know? I mean, it's like, right. it's like a, there's, there's a gaggle. There's a, a, a there's a, a a herd a herd there is a starting five starting five there is a school of children out there like okay. a school of fish there is uh, a large group okay? okay so what I what I discovered is that my I thought that my wife had grabbed my daughter and my daughter thought that I had grabbed my daughter and so we're driving we're about probably half a block away and I'm like hey where's Havana where is Havana Havana are you here Havana I'm like I look back there and there's no Havana so we went back but both of us falsely assumed that she was in the car. Because we thought that the other person had. It's the bystander effect. It's the group impact. And if you're listening right now and you're a parent and this has never happened to you or you've never worried about this happening to you, then pass judgment and throw rocks at your radio. But this is the thing where <laughs> anytime you have a group of people working together who are going to be is a group held accountable, watch out, because that's a recipe for disaster. Somebody has to own every action item, Marshall. Yeah, and this is the exact reason why I loved working by myself on group projects. Oh, come on now. In, in school, okay? So you always you had that, prof that professor. And so I was like, I will actually do whatever I need to do to either A, work alone, or B, the professor's like, no, 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 no. You no, gotta no, you got to work, you, work together. You got to work together. got to work together. And so then you have that meeting. Then you have that meeting with the group, that first group meeting. Yeah. And I come in hot. Hot. I'm, I'm coming in hot. I'm like, all right, guys, listen up. I'm doing the entire project, and I will get us an A if you just please do not ask me any questions or do not show up. Please don't want. touch anything. Please don't touch anything because what happens is you got that one or two people who was part of the group and they just don't want to contribute or they do contribute but they're doing it like half drunk and mm. uh, half high and then uh, they bring your grade down. So here's an example of how to do it properly as a team. Okay. Phil Jackson was the coach of the Chicago Bulls 
And he did it with uh, different teams. The first time, they had Scottie Pippen, he had Michael Jordan, and he had Horace Grant. Now, Horace Grant's job was to what? Grab rebounds and don't miss layups. Just get 15 points a game, rebound, play defense, just do that. That's right. Don't try to do too much. Just if they miss a shot, put it in, please. Thank you. Scottie Pippen's job was to what? Be a, he's basically a point, uh, kind of a point forward. He's supposed to bring the ball up court to distribute it, run the triangle offense, and try to get Michael a look. Michael's job was to what? Look to score, and if you're not open, pass to someone who's open. This is the move. And they had a center. It could be a, it was a nebulous guy. It was Will Purdue. It was Bill Cartwright. Some rando. It didn't matter. Someone who's seven feet tall. And they always had the short white guy who could hit the three. No other discernible skills, but he could just hit the three. So they had John Paxson. That was the first Kerr. guy. You got Kerr. Yeah. Then the second team, the second team that won, then they had Michael Jordan. His job was to what? Score, if not open, pass. Scotty Pippen, his job was to what? Distribute the ball, bring it up court. And they had Dennis Rodman, who took the place of Horace Grant. And his job was to do what? Rebound the freaking ball and don't miss layups. Play defense. And then they replaced Paxson with Kerr. And his job was to what? Be a small white guy, shoot threes. And then they had this guy, Luke Longley, who his job is to do what? Be seven feet tall. Please don't mess that up. And that's how they did it. Every, it was a formula, though. Everyone knew clearly what their roles were. Well, it got so funny. I don't know if you ever remember watching old YouTube footage of this, but Rodman was discouraged that he didn't have a bigger part in the offense. Did you, mm. did you ever see footage of this? I, I've seen him down, down. I don't know if you, Marty, I don't know if you watched basketball back in the day. I don't know if you saw this, but if you go on YouTube and watch this, he would get to the end of the game and he was so frustrated that he never got a chance to score because he was actually a good scorer when he was in college that he would literally take his shoes off and refuse to go into the game the final four or five minutes of a game when they're up by 20 points. He would just sit there and sulk. He refused to take his shoes off and would sit on the sideline, would not go in. And then if he did go in and they would ever foul him, instead of trying to shoot the free uh, free throws because he felt like the coach didn't believe in him, he would throw the ball at the rim and try to miss it. (laughs) Like as hard as possible, just bam. And he would miss it, and it was his way to passively, aggressively say, you don't think I can score? Fine, I can't. And Phil Jackson had to manage the psycho. I mean, Dennis Rodman was a psycho, you know? And then he had to manage Michael Jordan, who thought he was God's gift to basketball, and he was. So he had to convince him, like, you need to pass the ball occasionally because other people need to feel involved. And so he had to teach Michael that. And he had to teach, you know, Steve Kerr, like, hey, man, I know you're small. I know you're white. Please play defense. Please just try to play some defense. You know, then he had to teach uh, Scottie Pippen, quit being upset that Michael Jordan makes two times more than you because you would be nobody if you weren't on the team with Michael Jordan. And there was this constant like ability to keep the team going in the right direction that made him a master. And some people said he's a master of manipulation. Some people called him like the Zen Buddha of basketball. But the thing was, he had that way, Marshall, to get everybody going in the right direction. And is that not a skill that we could all improve upon? Is that not a super skill? Yeah, it's a super skill. And that's, you know, it's a weird thing. That's a skill that they don't teach you in high school or college. And they won't even teach you, like, if you, if you, it's typical business if you work in, a typical business, they won't even teach you the dark arts of real human management. So here's a Phil Jackson move. Phil Jackson. If you are a tall man, you're seven feet tall. Yep. The goal is to try to get you an open shot as soon as possible. Early. 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 I mean, if you're seven feet tall and you have no discernible skills, just pass him the ball, get him a dunk, make him feel, because he'll play better defense the rest of the game. That's right. And so it was kind of like, well, he manipulated the tall people. True. And that's how they won. So it's, it's kind of a, yeah, I guess I would question the motive is what I would look at it there. But it's so important that everyone listening right now that you are clear about who owns each step. Now, super move number three, 
you got to define the guardrails. Now, Marshall, what are the guardrails? The guardrails are going to be these boundaries, the boundaries associated with each step of the work th- uh, workflow process. And so, for example, I'll give you an example here, from the service profit chain, Harvard case study by Heskett and Sasser. Okay? Mm. They talk about Sasser. This, uh, yeah, they talk about this case study of Southwest Airlines. Now, one of the guardrails that they could actually, uh, that they set up is that gate agents could actually comp entire flights, entire flights for a regular passenger because they could actually pull up their in- information. And so they have the client, the passenger hey, hey, information. Hey, let me, let me interrupt you just for a quick second because okay. I feel like you're going to get into the good stuff before the commercial break. Oh, okay, we can't be doing And if you get that. into the good stuff before the commercial break, we can't be then doing the that. fine people out there might not come back. <laughs> and so with, I want I want you talk, you said the word sasser. Yeah, sasser. How did you say sasser? Sasser. That was the author of uh, the Harvard? Yeah. That's how you said it. Okay, so sasser. Well, another, another guy named sasser. It was Mackie Sasser. Do you remember Mackie Sasser, Marshall? I don't remember Mackie Sasser. Mackie Sasser was a catcher who played for the Mets, and he developed this weird disorder, I'm not kidding, where he could no longer throw the ball to the pitcher. Oh. So the pitcher would throw the ball to him. Yeah. And every time he would try to throw it to him, he's on YouTube, you can watch it, he would throw the ball like in center field. He would Mm. throw the ball, he'd bounce it to him, he couldn't do it, and it was like a mental block. And so through much therapy, he never figured it out. And he went from being like a great player to like he couldn't. So he started holding the ball and running it to the pitcher Oof. because he couldn't throw it to him. Now he could hit every other throw. He could knock down every other throw. He could throw people out, but he just couldn't throw the ball to the pitcher. And if you're listening right now and you're struggling to, you know, get the ball to the pitcher, so to speak, you're struggling just to get it done. You're gonna want to stay tuned because Marshall's gonna break it down. Boom. Let's go. Ho. Uh-huh. Ho. You are not. Now, here's a little story that I'd like to tell about a DJ named Clay and a doc named Zell. It started way back in 2002 when Clay's wife applied for a job interview. They hired a facet, Clay stalked Dr. Z. 18 years later, Thrive 15, radio execs called to produce this show. And now, three, two, one, here we go. And now, more for the man who is more pale than Kevin McHale. More pale than Kevin McHale. Marshall, would you agree with that? Am I more pale than Kevin McHale? Uh, in a very concise way, yes. Absolutely. That's, that's the look I'm going for. I'm going for that <laughs> pale male look. You know, back in the day, if you were like uh, a big deal, you know, you were kind mm-hmm. of a, a, a fair maiden, so to speak. Yeah. If you had fair skin, that was a good deal. Right. You know what I mean, if you didn't ever go outside, that was like a big deal. Yeah, you didn't see any tan kings. And now, now, now it's a deal where that's not necessarily the move. Mm. But if I pretended as though that was my goal, I would feel better about my paleness. What do you think about that? Is that, is that cool? Y- yeah. And so whenever I'm trying to break your frame, I let you know that you're looking a couple shades darker. Oh, you know? nice. Yeah. yeah. That's not that's not the look I'm going for, Marshall. <laughs> I want to keep it pale. Now, Thrive Nation, before I so rudely interrupted Marshall with discussions of Mackie Sasser, he was telling us about a case study called The Service Profit Chain, which was co-written by a guy named Sasser. So, Marshall, good, go ahead and continue. What, what, were you, what were you talking about before I so rudely interrupted you with Mackie Sasser New York Mets knowledge. Yeah, we're talking about the different connection point guardrails. And Mm. so what you have to do is you have to provide um, latitude. The service profit chain, the book, the Harvard case study that talks about this, it, it it defines it as latitude, the different boundaries within which your employees can operate. And so 
Specifically, Southwest Airlines, in this case study, they talk about how gate agents can actually comp entire flights for regular passengers. But they can't give you a lifetime hall pass. But they can't give you a lifetime hall pass. And so they know that if they mess up or maybe they errantly comp a flight, but maybe they shouldn't have, the worst thing that's going to happen is they got one free flight. But they couldn't regularly be doing that. I'm going to give you an example that uh, maybe is unnerving to the Thrivers out there, but that's okay. Here we go. Um, when we had a business back in the day, I've had many different companies, but I had one particular company where we did party rentals. We did tables, chairs, linens, that kind of thing. And the bride asked for periwinkle was the color. I remember periwinkle. Now, uh, d- Tom, John, do you could you describe, I mean, do you know a lot about colors? I mean, because I personally did not know what periwinkle meant. You I've know? seen cotton candies. It's somewhere between pink and blue. Is that... Periwinkle. It, it's kind of a purplish, right, Marshall? Would you yeah, say it's kind of almost la- almost lavender, maybe a more blue lavender? See, he's the man of style and class. He knows these things. So I did what? I go to my distributor and I said, "Hey, I need to get periwinkle linen." So I bought them specifically for her wedding. And there's a color swatch that says this is it. So I sent it to the bride to verify the color. And you know, but different screens are different. You yeah. know. So anyway, we got the periwinkle linens the day of her wedding. It was over, I think it was at Cedar Ridge. It was Meadowbrook Country Club. Okay. And this is probably you know 15 years ago, whatever. So we go out there. I guess about 10 years back. So we go out there. The guy sets up the, the linens, the tables, the chairs. The bride shows up from the ceremony, you know, because she had the ceremony. And you drive over there, and all your guests are there, and there's, like, candles burning. And there's a centerpiece with, like, a fish or something. And there's – what's up with centerpieces, by the way? There's, like, a twig and some water and just – what is going on just with centerpieces? Gla- glass beads. Glass beads. There's words that say, like, blessed – there's pictures of people. There's sign-in books. There's a DJ. There's a buffet. There's what, all, what typically? What what's the future of those centerpieces? What happens with those centerpieces? Oh, you try to pawn them off on guests. <laughs> like, oh, you guys get to keep those. You always are trying to get the guests to take them home. That and extra cake. So anyway, so she does all this planning. And when you plan a wedding, it's like the Super Bowl of a young woman's life. When I say a young woman, I mean the mother of the bride. <laughs> because the mother of the bride is wanting her wedding to be better than her. She wants her daughter's wedding to be better, better than her wedding. Mm. And because America's so blessed and abundant, the average bride, according right now to the not.com, is dropping 16 grand on weddings in the Midwest. Whoa. So they're spending all this money. So the mom comes in, and I'll never forget it. It was like the, that terror look, ring, ring, ring. And she looks at me, eye contact, I'm like, you know, again, we, it's a party rental company. I was only there because the guys set up stuff, and I would go around to each place just to verify that the setups, that the, dec- that, that the decor was how it should be. The mother of the bride looks at me with the death look, and I pull her aside. I said, well, are you okay? Are you good? She goes, this is not periwinkle. This is, and whatever other color, like lavender or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I apologize. You're not happy. I know I definitely sent uh, the email that uh, verified the swatch. Did you look at that? It did not look this way on my screen. It did not, you know, and it's just like this explosion. And you realize you're dealing with, have you ever met people like this before, Tom, John, who make a major out of a minor? Have you ever met people that blow up about things that don't matter? Almost exclusively. Okay, so Marshall, you met these people? Yep. So she decides to go off. Boom, boom, bam. Now, she doesn't know I'm the owner, but she's just just letting a verbal, like a barrage, and it's like those combo curse words where you don't just curse, but you make combinations. They're new words. They don't make sense. Yeah. So it's like a deal where you're like you're just combining curse words in a Tommy Lasorda kind of way. You're putting it all together in kind of a like a uh, like who's the famous actor Baldwin when he loses his mind? He famously curses. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So anyway, so she's just unloading. Well, she didn't know I owned the company, but she knew that I was working there. I don't ever tell people I own the company. That's one of my moves, by the way. I call it foil. Foil. 
don't let the meat touch the grill. Mm. Foil. Foil. Anyway, insulate yourself from the grill. Don't burn yourself on the grill. So she goes, I need to talk to a manager. And I said, why? Well, I'm the manager. She says, I, this is unacceptable. I want a full refund for the wedding. And I'm going, for the, for the wedding, like for the tables, chairs, linens, it's like a $3,000 you know, thing, $2,000, whatever it was. It was a lot of money. She goes, no, for the whole wedding. You have ruined my daughter's wedding. They've ruined it. And they always kind of do that. <laughs> I ruined their wedding. And, it's, and to me, I mean, I'm just going, okay, I apologize you feel that way. Uh, I'd be happy to discuss with the team if we could refund you partially for the tables, chairs, linens. But uh, I'm not going to refund you for the whole wedding. Now, I meet the bride, and the bride is saying, my mom is ruining my wedding. Has she talked to you? I'm so sorry. But she, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those people, the mom is trying to have her wedding. And I was given guardrails to my team. I gave my team guardrails, and I had guardrails, which is that we could refund you for the specific item, but we shall not refund you for the totality of your wedding. And in the contract, it says under no circumstance, and even if the foregoing, uh, I can't remember the actual legal language, but it's basically, if even if an act of God or some sort of crazy thing happens, we are not going to be accountable for, we're not going to be um, held liable for more than the amount you paid us at all. And, and, if, and it says in the contract, if you wanted us to do that, you understand we would charge significantly more. And it says it in the contract. So I had to go to court, small claims court of this thing. I ended up winning. I was vindicated. And I did not have to pay her more than the, the cost of the linens. But I'm just telling you, if I was not empowered with that knowledge and I was a frontline employee and I was not the owner, some people were like, okay, we'll refund you. Because the, the, the uh, violence or the emotions of the person asking for the refund typically dictates how much a frontline employee will give you. Mm. So that's a that's not that's I'm just telling you if you want to empower your team for success you got to do the Southwest Airlines move and set some guardrails, Marshall. You got to have those guardrails. You got to have the guardrails, and that actually will build confidence. Okay, the decisions that your employees can make and the decisions that uh, other employees can't make. Okay, now I want to actually tee it up for John Tom to ask us a question. John Tom coming in hot, the the super intern. So whatever question that you have, either for Clay or for me, um, what questions uh, are bubbling? Uh, percolating in your brain? Well, I, I, I set up a schedule for myself. Uh, back when I lived in Chicago, I would apply for scholarships every day from one to three. That's what I did. Mm. Okay. And my roommates always wanted to do something more fun. And since I wasn't meeting with anyone else, uh-huh. I didn't have to. I, why couldn't I just cancel on my own plans? And because we're coming into a hard break, when we come back, John Tom is going to a- be able to ask the question that he was just so rudely interrupted. But we got to pay some bills. We got to go to our sponsors. We got to go to the bills. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. Buy all of the things I never had. I want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine, smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And my name is Clay Clark. I'm the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year and a recovering DJ. And I am here with you because... 57% of the listening audience, according to Forbes, wants to start a business at some point. And so many people have this desire to start a business. They have this spark, this energy inside them to um, self 
actualize. Marshall, to move up Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs from the basics, you know, where you need the food and the shelter, and they want to move up to self-actualization, which means that you're kind of performing at your peak. So many people want to do that. And uh, so the good, the good friends at Scripps said, you know what? We could spend today talking about Dennis Rodman and, and uh, his uh, visits to North Korea. We could be talking about health care reform. We could be talking about things that we cannot control. But instead, we're going to give you two hours a day where we are going to talk about specific, practical, and actionable things that you can do to change your life. You know, the best-selling author Robert Greene has a theory. And Marshall, I'm going to share his theory with you, and you tell me whether you agree with the best-selling author Robert Greene. He says that the average person cannot control 96% of what happens to them. And he's talking about like the economy, the family you're born into, the weather, etc. But he says you can control how you respond to events, and he believes that that 4% is what makes the difference. Do you agree with that, or do you think Robert Greene is uh, maybe wrong? Or what, what, do you, what do you think about that idea that you can't control probably 96% of what happens to you? Uh, I, I agree, and the, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> is I think a lot of people view life as something that happens. Something that happens to them. It happens to them. And, they, it just and, they, and they, they just participate. Okay, I get it. Okay. But really, um, and Steve Jobs is known for, for talking about this, mm. but he goes, when you realize life is something that you do and everything around you is built by man, okay, all of the buildings and the, the ideas and the, the, even the innovation and everything that has been built upon, Steve Jobs, he talks about this. When you realize when you contribute to life and life gives you something in return, that's a really cool thing. And so for anybody that is looking for this, this higher hierarchy of needs, this higher level of needs, Self-actualization is a really pretty cool thing. So right now, that that could be somebody that's listening right now that needed to hear that. But it starts with curiosity. If you're yeah. not curious, you're not going to move from where you are to where you want to be. And so that's we've right. got a guy who is a listener, a great guy, a great Tulson, and uh, he decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to change the direction of my life. I want to learn from you guys. He decided to intern here, and so here we are with John Tom, not by luck or randomness, but because he ordained his destiny. So, my friend, you have the mic. What questions do you have for us? I was just really curious to know how um, I I set the right boundaries for myself. Every day I apply for scholarships uh, so that I may go to school from uh, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., two hours. Yeah. And uh, I live with four of the roommates, mm -hmm. and they love to play Settlers of Catan, and they want me to come down. And what is this you speak of? Settlers of Catan, it is a, it's, it's, it's like Monopoly on steroids for nerds. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I almost immediately yelled, move out, but I didn't say it. Okay, keep going. Okay, well, if it makes you feel better, I say no. Okay. And I, 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 I try and stick to what I'm doing, but they, I feel like they like me less. Does it matter, or how yep. do I set up these boundaries? I'm going to tell you some stuff that will offend you and then hopefully help you or offend somebody, but I'm just going to give it to you, okay? okay. Um, the first goal, uh, you have to understand, Dr. Z and I believe this, we share this view, but it really irritates people, so just deal with it. Here we go. Um, I think that your number one goal is to make sure that you're serving God or whatever the values are that you think that if you don't believe in God, you just you have to know your values and where you're getting those values from. So the number one goal, and from my opinion, his opinion, is to serve God. So whatever you believe that to me. Um, if you don't believe that, that's fine. The second is to serve myself. The third is everyone else. I do not, so my daughter went to Camp Canacuck this weekend, and I wanted to tear down the signs because I disagree with him. It said, you are third. God, others than yourself. If you do that, you're going to end up losing. So I have found that it just is a very fundamental level. I was at college at Oral Roberts University. I literally had to 
pay my way through school. So my parents were helping, I was helping. And the only way to do it, and there's my backpack, you can see I used to use it to market my business. The only way I could do it was to get 500 people to attend the student dances. And so to do that, I had to make calls when I got home from school. Now my roommate liked to sleep during the day because he worked the night shift, the night shift at a gas station. So in order for me to make my calls, I had to violate his needs. In order for him to sleep, he had to violate my needs. So I decided that I was more important, and I went through three roommates in uh, two and a half semesters, and I ended up living alone, and I built my business. And I was told by everybody, this guy, everyone on the floor would say, this guy is ridiculous. You can't live with the guy. He literally makes sales calls from 6 o'clock until 10 every night, and he won't stop. And I'm like, exactly. And so you could try to compromise, you know? And when you do that, let me tell you what happens is, both parties lose. So I would encourage you to think about the needs of your roommates and the needs that you have. And if it is possible for them to be compatible, you know, for it to, to coexist, for that to happen, do it. I mean, if you can make it compatible, I'm not trying to be difficult. I just literally, to afford college, I had to make calls from 6 to 10. And he, to afford college, had to work a night shift at a gas station. So our schedules were not compatible, which is why I went through so many roommates. Well, I got to my final roommate, and my roommate's like, I don't think anybody else could live with you. So I went and met with the head of the dorms, and he goes, let me get this right. You've taken your beds, and you've turned it into soundproofing. So you have a studio in your room. Correct. And you sleep on the floor. Correct. And you make calls every night from 6 to 10. Correct. And you record music between midnight and 2 a.m. every night. Correct. I don't think that you're going to ever have a roommate. I'm like, I know. That's not a goal of mine. So he goes, okay, well, I'm going to give you, and he signed a little letter letting me have my own room because I was not, he understood my situation. And he's like, that's how you fund college. There's no other way to do it. So I'm just saying right now, um, there's somebody listening right now, and you're in a situation where you cannot coexist. Another example, um, Palestine is on a political show, but the Palestinians and the Israelis. There is a, a section of the Palestinian movement, not all Palestinians, but there's a section group who their stated goal is to push the Zionists into the sea. That's their stated goal, is to push the Israelis into the sea and to kill them. If that's what you're negotiating with, the, the, you can't try to work it out. You just got to build the wall and separate yourself. So all I'm just saying is that we're in a society right now where people have a real hard time saying that we have nothing in common, thus we should not coexist. But, but I, I, I see it happen all the time. So my thing, I talk to your roommates, have a, thought, have a thoughtful conversation. Is it possible for your needs and my needs to be met? And if it's not, I'd move out. Not kidding. That's what I would do. That's what I have done. That's what I would continue to do. Does that make sense? It makes sense, yeah. Okay. What other questions do you have? What are tough, tough questions do we have here on this fabulous edition of the Thrive Time Show? Well, uh, I also, I, while I'm going to school, I, uh, I do freelance videography for extra mm, money. Yeah. And I wanted to know, because I'm very curious about business coaching, when do you, when is the right time to say okay I can get a business coach now I, I is it when I have a couple of reoccurring jobs or is it yep. a certain number well, I have built uh, two separate uh, videography companies that have done very very well and so for me I know the the move to do that um, you you've our business coaching program is different because we actually help you execute the plan. But we come back, I will teach you the super moves to building your videography company because it's really not that hard. And Marshall and I, we can teach them on the air how to do how to build a video company right here on the Thrive Time Show. We'll and if it. you're not into earning more money, you can always move to North Korea or find another communist country out there where the wealth is equally distributed. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Four years, four years. 
everybody, let's call the king of soul himself, James Brown. 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 I'm pretty sure they want James Brown, Marshall. Is this a uh, is this a Jimi Hendrix show? Uh, now this is the James Brown show here oh, on the Thrive okay. Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and I am super excited to be here with you, the listener, because I know that this is what the Lord wants me to do. So I know like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I have no doubt about it. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to be going to chamber events. I'm not supposed to be networking. I'm not supposed to be in a home fellowship. I'm not supposed to join the Boy Scouts. I'm not supposed to join up on a soccer team. I'm not supposed to volunteer as a basketball coach. I am not supposed to join Junior Achievement. I am supposed to be here. And when you know what you are supposed to do, it makes everything very clear. When you know what you're supposed to do, it makes everything very clear. And I know what I'm supposed to do with no doubt in my mind. And I've been that way by uh, probably my entire adult adulthood since reading Think and Grow Rich. I've always asked myself, where am I headed? And then I just head there. And so you asked me how to build a video company. And I'm going to give you the steps. Okay. And I'm going to tell them to you, but you need to just kind of jot them down as we go. And I'll go fast, but not so fast that your brain explodes. So here we go, Mr. John Tom, the super intern. I'm teaching you the specific moves to build a million-dollar video company, which I've done twice. So here we go. Step number one, write down your goals. And Marshall, on the wall there, it says my goals. John Time, you can see my goals. I put it on the wall right there. It says Clay's Destiny right above my shoe inside the box that rocks. Those are my goals, okay? So I write my goals down. That's my st first step. Write down your goals, okay? Step number two, put your goals up somewhere where you can see them every day, all right? So let's make a specific goal. So let's say your goal is to make $100,000 a year. You're going to need to book three weddings a week, three weddings a week. And I've done all the math and the performance, but just book three. Okay, three. So to get three, you're going to need 300 rejections. It's called the rule of 100. Okay, so you need to schedule in at least 100 rejections a day in order to get three bookings. All right, that's the move. Okay, so once you have your goals and you put it up on your wall and you know the number of rejections, this is where it gets real. Step number four, emotionally decide to commit to your goal and to disconnect emotionally completely from how you feel during the day. So you emotionally commit to your goal, right? But you emotionally disconnect from how you feel because that doesn't matter, right? It's like a, you're like a, a print yeah. piece, right? And if you had the money to do infinite print pieces, you would do it. That's what Victoria's Secret does or Target does or radio commercials on for car, for car companies. I mean, if you had the infinite marketing budget, you'd just go do it. But you don't, so you got to have sweat equity, right? So then what you do is you make a dream 100. You make a list of basically the 100 ideal and likely buyers. In the wedding business, you'd want to make a list of all the country clubs, all the bridal stores, and all the jewelers. That's your list. I'm giving it to you. The wedding stores, bridal stores, you know, the jewelers, country clubs, that's your list. Make a list of 100 of them. And you go to them on foot or in a car or on a horse, however you get there, and you show up and you say, hey, my name is John Tom. I'm a videographer, and I'd like to earn your business. And I know that if I were you, I wouldn't refer me so what I'd like to do is do a free commercial for you, a free online commercial for your website. And uh, I will not charge you anything. I'll just do it free. And all I ask is that if you like it, you would consider me. And they're going to think you won't show up and you won't do it because mo most people don't. Most people are intenders and pretenders. They're not doers. So you do it and you show up. And I have done this and I would do this and I encourage you to do this. And there's thrivers out there who, I'm who are listening right now who are doing this very system right now. One of which I just talked to him today. He made $21,000 of profit, $21,000 of profit this month. And by the way, he was a startup 18 months ago. 
true story. So you go door to door, and uh, one lady, she'll be big and angry. One lady will be small and angry. A man will be big and angry. A man will be small and angry. There'll be a Viking. There'll be a racist. There'll be a, a sexist. There'll be a bigamist. There'll be a polygamist. There'll be a uh, somebody who's homophobic. There will be all different people you're going to deal with. But at the end of the day, you don't care because you're just going to keep showing up. And when you show up, if you do 100 videos for people, you're going to get, from my experience, about 20% of them to refer you. And you know why that is? Because most people are doing a bad job at their job. So most of the videographers in the wedding business are somewhere between terrible and passable. So if you passionately deliver a gift for free with no expectation of getting paid, they're going to go, oh my gosh, wow. And that's going to ignite the law of reciprocity, which is where they want to reciprocate, and thus they refer you. So the question was, well, where do, when do I need a business coach? Well, you got to build a website, and your website has to be highly optimized, and you have to have the most reviews, and you have to run retargeting ads and targeting ads, and you've got to do IP geo, uh, geofencing. You know, you got to have a YouTube account. You got, there's a lot of things you got to do. There are technical things, and it typically requires a team to do that. So if you don't have the financial capacity to hire a team, then our scholarship program, business coaching program, for $750 is like a no-brainer. Because it's less money than hiring a $10 an hour Starbucks employee to come help you, and you get the entire marketing services. You get the access to our entire team. So the same people who build Dr. Zellner's website would build it for you, and it's $750 a month, month to month, on the scholarship program. And if you don't qualify for the scholarship program, Marshall, it's $1,500. Oh. And we have so many people. If you type in Clay Clark Reviews... Uh, Thrive Time show reviews, Clay Clark business coach reviews. There you're going to find orthodontists like Kirkpatrick and Lye, uh, dog trainers like Tip Top Canine, uh, clinical research companies like Delrick Clinical Research. Oh, you're going to find you're going to find uh, cabinet companies. You're going to find real businesses that have benefited from the system, and none of them could afford to do it, but they realized they couldn't afford not to do it. And that is the answer to the question. And that's why my wife and I. That's my shirt. That's my Target shirt on the wall. I worked at Target, and I worked at Applebee's, and I couldn't afford a nine on that phone. That phone, the phone, the nine broke off, so I couldn't afford a new one. And I bought that phone used because it was missing the nine. That was how it worked. You know, I got the good deal. So I, I couldn't afford new shoes. I had a backpack for marketing, but you know what I did? I sucked it up, and I got three jobs. And I, I found that if you work three jobs, Marshall, you know what happens, Marshall, if you work three jobs? Uh, you're changing a lot of shirts in the car. One, you are changing the Applebee's to the Target shirt in the car. But two, you can't spend a lot of money because you're not out. You have, you have no downtime. And you're making more than you're spending, thus giving my wife and I about $2,000 a month of extra income because she had two jobs. And we took that money and we did what? We turned off the air conditioning. That's what we did. And we stopped doing what? Watching TV. And we started doing what? Buying yellow page ads and DJing for free. So I DJed for free for every single wedding venue in Tulsa, personally. All of them. Every single one of them. I did them all myself, every time. And the DJs who worked for me wouldn't do it. They, would be, they were unwilling to sow the seeds. They just wanted to reap the harvest. I said, fine. So I DJed all of them for free. And one by one, I got every venue in Tulsa to refer me. And uh, how, how did I do it again? Um, as a result of persistence and attaching myself to my big goal and totally detaching myself from the emotions. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah, a lot of sense to sow the seeds. I guess that's something that's always kind of eluded me on how someone starts a business is the uh, follow through with these, I guess, the startup 
yeah. sowing the seeds. So what you would do is you'd call. This is I'll, I'll role play this scenario. So Marshall, okay. let's pretend that you own the Renaissance Hotel. Okay. Or no, and more likely, you're the general manager. Right. Hey, Marshall, this is Clay Clark. How are you? I, I'm doing well. Hey, I got that video for you um, okay. that we shot, the new commercial. Sure. I thought it turned out great, but I wanted to come by your office to see if you could look at it with me to tell me if you approve of it before we you know, put it on your website. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty busy. Um, what so. time do you get to work, typically? Uh, I get to work you know, about 7 o'clock. Do you have a gap like in the morning or at lunch, or is there like a little 10-minute gap? Uh, my last meeting's at 11.30, and then I take a 30-minute break for lunch. So well, I'll be there, and I'll bring lunch. I'll bring Panera. What do you want to eat? You want to eat bread? Are you gluten-free? Are you, are you a salad guy? What are you into? I, I like chicken salads. I'm bringing you chicken salad. I'll make it happen. Bang, bang. And I show up. And I show up. I watch the video, and after the person likes it, we're role-playing. You just watch the video, and you like it, and I just brought you salad. And so, Marshall, what do you think about that video? You know, it's better than anything that we've ever had. Well, here's the deal, man. I, You know I, I live off of referrals. And I don't want to be a leech. So if you ever need any marketing videos again, I'll always do them for free. And would it be okay if I set up my business cards here, you know, where you could refer us and maybe put that video on one of the big screens? Yeah, I mean, that seems fair. And that's how I did it, one by one, over and over and over and over and over and over. You know, one of the hardest ones to get was the Oklahoma Aquarium back in the day. And then I found out the guy who was in charge of managing loved the Chicago Bears because his father was a part, or his grandfather was a part owner. So I brought by, brought, brought by some Chicago Bears swag after I DJed, and that was the tipping point. So, Marshall, am I, am I connecting? Yeah, absolutely. You got to go, you got to invest in the relationships that you want to have in order to get people to refer you. Now, Marshall, for the listeners out there, they might not be aware of the four tools that we have available for all for everybody listening, and I'm going to read them out to you. And okay. if you can fire them off hot and tell us why we should check it out. Uh, One is thrivetimeshow.com, the podcast. Why should everybody subscribe to the podcast? There's no reason why you shouldn't. It's free. It's You can listen to it in the car and get that daily dose of online mentorship. Thrive15.com, the world's most affordable business school. Why should we check it out? It's videos with mentors like David Robinson, former NBA uh, you know, Hall of Famer, Lee Cockrell, managed Walt Disney World Resort. You go on there, you get the videos, vast knowledge of business whenever you want it. And move number three, we have the in-person workshops. If you don't know about them, go to thrivetimeshow.com to learn more. And move number four, one-on-one business coaching. If you've never experienced it before, you're missing out because you can learn from mentors or mistakes. Personally, I don't like to run through the minefield of life. I prefer to learn from the mentors and avoid the mistakes. But check it out. It's thrivetimeshow.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Marshall, here we go. Three, two, one, boom. Boom. Like you